Welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest, and folks, things are things are gearing up for this next set of comics that we've got today. So we've been teasing a lot about how Sonic has been not doing so hot in terms of like temperament. We're gonna see why. And on the other end, in Sonic Universe, we're going to be wrapping up some threads. I've been mentioning about how the last two arcs of Sonic Universe were part of what was called the Dark Trilogy. And so we're going to be receiving the very end of that trilogy. And folks, this is a really fun arc. Just in general, it is so much fun. I love it so much. It's good. It's pretty good. For this next set of comics, we're going to be introduced to some people working on the team that I know you're going to love. So we're going to start. This first comic we're talking about today is Sonic the Hedgehog 264. Of course, Ian Flynn writing and folks, oh, we have a new artist on board. And oh my God. <laughs> the legend, the goat, the king, the god, the key, the hero, the god himself, the legend. Oh my God. He needs no introduction. It's Tyson. I mean, what, what do you want us to say? There is nothing to be said. One of the leading key people in Sonic right now that is hard committed to showing the artistic form of the character on every level i cannot say it enough he is probably one of my favorite people in gaming i, I fucking love tyson has so much it would be remiss to say that he is most likely the reason why the sonic movie is now a trilogy oh yeah i mean it, it goes without saying you can hear more about that in the patreon uh behind the scenes shows from a couple months back and in our review where we talk a little bit about that about sonic 2 of course but yes i think you know really we say to read these comics on your own time but i really want you to go and look at this art because it's just so expressive. It's so like loose and free and feels great to watch. Yeah, it feels it feels a lot like what you would expect out of a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. My favorite part about Tyson is uh absolutely his expressions. Yes. Yeah. Oh god, there are so many good expressions. <laughs> And also, I do. Before we begin, I do also want to comment on something about the cover. So it's obviously Werehog Sonic scratching through it, but underneath the scratches is actually like the first actual page of the comic, if you can tell. Ah, that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute. Yeah, Flynn and Tyson, creative team. Uh, let's get into it. We are on the run in the rocky jungle zone. Sonic is dodging fire from a Badnik horde commander labeled E One Thirteen She. So Sonic is leading She to Sally and Amy. The plan is to ambush it, but it tries to claw at Sonic and crashes through Sally and Amy's hiding spot. They're okay, but let's now put Sonic some distance between it and himself, and he'll double back around. Sonic, as he's running, thinks that these bots has always given him a run for his money. I've never technically lost to one, though, and I'm not planning on starting that. So it fires its gun on its tail. Debris falls around Sonic, and he starts to fall, but... A yellow tail grabs Sonic's arm, and would you look at that, it's Ray. He's flying him up from the fire, Mighty comes in, slamming She into the cliff wall, and it's destroyed. The boys, they're here. 
Wow, it's them. They're here. Meanwhile, at the closest Egg Army base, grunts report in to their boss that she was destroyed. And their boss, Egg Boss Thunderbolt, in which this person isn't actually really seen. She's only ever seen in a mech suit, and her silhouette is only inside. So she's saying that this is unacceptable. Now, another grunt comes in saying, all right, prep is complete for the plan. Lord. Eggman's plan, she says, we just have the honor of making it happen. When once all is said and done, we will have the designation of being the ones to destroy Sonic the Hedgehog. So, meanwhile, Sonic, he's catching up with his boys, Mighty and Ray. He's like, hey, Sally and Ray, come over, let's come on, let's meet up. So Sally's just like, you know, Sonic's told us about you guys, considering your history with him. As far as I'm concerned, you guys are honorary freedom fighters. No need for formalities. So Mighty invites them to follow him and Ray back to their camp. It's not too far from here. Sonic says, thanks, but we're kind of busy right now. We're trying to save the world. You know, we're trying to gather the Chaos Emeralds. They're key to restoring the world. Ray comments about how when the planet was first shattering, he saw the forest crumble to nothing. Mighty tried to save as many animals as he could, but Mighty's starting to get like a little angry about it. Only Ray to calm down to say, remember Master's lesson. He centers himself, says, look, since you're probably here to find either a Gaia temple or a Chaos Emerald, well, Sally states that she hacked into the Eggnet. We're trying to find at least the Emeralds before Eggman can. But she thinks that things are going a little too smoothly. Eggman doesn't just station his E-100 units anywhere. I think this was here specifically to ambush us. Well, Ray thinks that maybe it's just here to secure something. Maybe you're just being paranoid. Once they get back to camp, Mighty says he and Ray have been scouting that Eggman army camp. It's too many of them to take on by ourselves, but with you guys here, maybe we can do a little bit of noise. So now when they go inside, Mighty introduces them to his master, he calls him, a sloth by the name of Moss. Mighty says that he trained him to control his temperament and his strength. And Moss, he's a bit of like a guru type character, saying that he's very easy to mold when the clay is so pure. Mighty has said ever since he trained with this guy, he's been a lot happier. Though Sonic kind of rids Mighty for taking lessons with this uh, fuzzy fortune cookie, so he says. Moss kind of takes a look at Sonic, saying, You have a touch of darkness within you. An inner turmoil you struggle to control. And that's when Amy freaks out. Oh, so I knew something was up when you inherited that dark Gaia stuff. Now everyone kind of surrounds Sonic. is like, hey, hey, bro. You good, bro? And now Sonic kind of reacts negatively, saying, oh, shut up. I'm fine. The world is the one that needs help. Not me. Let's go find that emerald. Amy's just like, all right, whatever, you stubborn. And then she uses the mystic melody to track the energy down. So it's a few miles south down here. So Mighty thinks that's the egg base. Let's strike tonight before they ship it out. And now, that night, the Freedom Fighters arrive to an Egg Army dig site. There's a Chaos Emerald in the middle. Security is weirdly light, even without a Badnik Horde commander, but they should still at least consider the Dark Gaia monsters. Sonic, though, goes in pretty hastily. He's running in, smashing Badniks with Amy behind, and they get to the Emerald with much little resistance. But a center building opens up its room. There's an electric generator, and it traps the Freedom Fighters inside. Thunderbolt, in her mech, reveals herself to Sonic, saying that she's surprised they fell for this trap so easily, but you won't have to take this indignity for long. I don't take prisoners. After that, she smacks Ray with a fat lightning bolt, Sonic crying out for him, as Mighty is hit next. Then, Sonic and Sally are blown away. Amy is also blown away. Sonic is lying on the floor defeated, as all of his friends are being shocked around him, thinking about the times where he has uh, almost kind of lost it. 
and he struggles to control everything inside him until he werewolves out. The panel where Sonic is becoming a werehog is, uh, can can we just say uh, drop dead gorgeous? When, when we talk about how Tyson Hess does expression and emotion so well, this is like a picturesque like capture of it. It's so good. Yeah, you can tell that like Sonic is like pained to be in this state. So now that is the end of the story, but we actually do have a story B here, which is a little interesting considering who made it because uh, the writing team is done by two new guys by the name of Benjamin Bailey and Joey Esposito. At this point in time, these guys are pretty solid in their comic book careers. So Ben works more for Marvel, wrote some Hulk and Captain Marvel comics. Esposito has more varied careers with mostly indie works, but it seems like his most notable work was DC's Batman Urban Legends. All a pretty solid resume all around. Okay. All right. Interesting. And uh, of course, uh, James Fry doing the art. James Fry is still around, huh? It is it is very interesting how James Fry has sort of persisted throughout this comic. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to him. His art has certainly gotten a lot better. <laughs> it's gotten a lot better in the years yeah, that's gone by. It has. I, I've been I, I've I've criticized his art several times, but it has definitely got a lot more consistent and a lot better. It's just strange, right? He's been on this comic for ten plus years now. Yeah, I mean, in my mind. Maybe this is a little early to talk about it, but in my mind, I've always viewed, like, Patrick Spazatine as the one who has, like, consistently been there, you know? Because it feels like with Patrick Spazatine, his art was always, like, so good, it stood out a lot, and the fact that he stayed so long kind of made sense, but then now here we are, there's still some other artists that have, you know, we've talked about them, we shared our opinions on them. Like, Stephen Butler is also included in that, but even he and James Fry have gotten a lot better in the years following. And that is... that I don't complain about that. That's excellent. I'm glad to see that. So why is it that Archie seemingly has a very loyal, very dedicated staff? I guess that's 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 a pretty good point to bring up then. Because with most of these comic companies, I would imagine you'd work on on contract, right? Yeah. But Archie seems to have a very consistent, very constant flow. It's very interesting. I think with people like Ian and Tracy Yardley, they're just so dedicated to the work itself that they just show it off. Like, you can tell that they clearly love it, and maybe Archie Editorial is like, let's not rock the boat. These guys know what they're doing. Let's stick it with them. So maybe in the case of James Fry and Stephen Butler... They show that, you know what, you your guys' stuff worked. Uh, maybe we might need to change some things around, but we don't want to just, like, give you guys the boot. We don't think you deserve that much. Oh, no, that that's that's not necessarily what I'm saying. It's more of, you know, it's that the fact that there are so many names that you see on these comics, like, consistently. Like, there's, there's a dedication there, and I think that's really interesting to explore within Archie as, like, a company. That's kind of just the story of Archie as well, because they have a lot of names that created a lot of their flagship work that stick with them throughout in many cases their entire lives it's crazy with all that being said very quickly this story focuses on bunny and antoine they're over harbor heights in sumerica they're looking for a chaos emerald and helping people from the flooding along the way so they see a newlywed couple on their honeymoon they're standing on top of their car asking for help so bunny goes down to grab them 
Antoine has to double back around on his in-stream gear to look for more stragglers. But a billboard snaps off his support and it falls into the water, leaving Antoine to ride the wave. Kind of a... That's fun. I like that. Yeah, wow. Holy fuck. My my man, from from cowardly Frenchman to radical surfer, uh, kind of based, if you ask me. Bunny has the couple in her arms, but she's caught off guard by wedding flickies on the same path, and she ends up dropping the both of them. The couple are able to hold on to a flagpole, but the husband... She, he did say that. I knew the flickies were overkill, but then the wife slips and loses her grip. She falls, but is caught on time by Antoine, and they're brought to safety with everyone else. Unfortunately for Bunny and Antoine, the energy signal faded, so it may have been an energy shadow mistaken for an emerald. It's not a total loss, though. We helped save a wedding disaster. Later on, they're looking at the city. Antoine reminisces on their own wedding day. Bunny confides him. When that billboard came crashing into him, you know, it's a dangerous world out there and don't want to lose you. And Antoine consoles her. No matter what dangers there are, I'm not going anywhere. We'll face these dangers together. And then the two fly off into the sunset. Wow. Picture picture perfect ending right there. Yeah. Big fan of the Bunny and Antoine stories because they always use them to sort of like drive home their relationship dynamic and i don't know i think in this new canon moments like that really just i appreciate no i do i I appreciate them as well i feel very similarly all right well a solid issue uh coming in from the the from flynn and hess uh we are going to move on to uh, Sonic the Hedgehog issue 265. Now, we, we do have to talk about the cover variant for this one because it's uh, it's, it's pretty nice. It's uh, Werehog Sonic doing the Sonic Adventure pose. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's uh, over the moon. It's really cute. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, that's, that's very creative. Big ups to that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, 265, Flynn and Hess, the creative team. Sonic, he has transformed into the werehog, to the shock and awe of his teammates, and he just screams out, stretching his arm to the building releasing the energy, breaks through the wall, grabs the battery charger, and just yeets it to the woods. Problem solved there. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So if anybody remembers what werehog Sonic was like in Unleashed, you know, just completely like oh it's sonic but he's a no that that's not what this is thunderbolt says since when can he what what are you waiting for attack him as sonic literally on all fours starts running in and punches directly through thunderbolt (laughs) just just through the mech you know casually but when she's ejected from the mech we actually see what she is now she's actually a tiny chinchilla she calls sonic a savage he'll pay for this but sonic charges for her and she runs in a panic so now um the rest of the freedom fighters are just kind of like staring at the situation just mouth agape going oh uh so that's what happens when you inhale dark Gaia energy huh Okay, so Amy thinks we ought to go help Sonic and, you know, stop him. So Mighty tells the rest of them, you guys get the emerald, I'll take care of Sonic. Now, we see Sonic chasing Thunderbolt through the forest. She dodges a swipe of him, she discharges a wave of electricity to Sonic, but he stands in front of it, taking it full force, showing to protect the animals behind him. So I actually do like that little moment. It's showing that like deep down the Sonic that we know is still in there. He's just a little, a little messed up in the cabeza. Yeah, you know, just a little bit. 
Just a little. Thunderbolt says, you know, oh, you're worried about them? Defy me and they'll all be one giant barbecue. Beg for mercy and I may. And then she's cut off by a giant stretchy werehog arm. Now, I must once again talk about the art because the expression made when uh, Thunderbolt is grabbed is incredible. And the panel of Sonic <laughs> grabbing Thunderbolt is also absolutely incredible. Just... The pure visceral roar, like, I fucking love that they're doing so much to make Werehog Sonic feel like an, like an actual monster and not just silly, silly, silly form. Like, no, this is like an actual hell spawn. <laughs> yeah, like literally. <laughs> so when he grabs Thunderbolt, he's about to like maim Thunderbolt by clawing at her. But then Mighty comes in, tackles him, saying, Sonic, brother, you don't need to go this far. Yeah, yeah, she tried to kill us, and that's not forgivable, but you saved us all. You stopped her. It's all good, man. But then Sonic is, like, still in this crazy state. She's getting away. Mighty says, she's been beaten. We'll fight her again another day. Just relax. I've been where you are, man. All this power and with the state of the world, it's enough to drive anybody crazy. Look. Ray and the girls are securing the Chaos Emerald. Let's go talk to Master Moss and... So we get a shot of Sonic's face squinting. And then we get his perspective, which is this warped, demented, fucked up version of what he's seeing, right? And like, it's just... It's, it's very interesting that this is the decision made. Because I guess in Unleashed, we didn't really... Werehog Sonic wasn't shown as anything, like, horribly fucked up to Sonic. But here, they're taking the opportunity to kind of extrapolate a little bit from the games. And showing that, like, no, this this Werehog thing is like a horrible fucking curse that needs to be, like, restrained, you know? Especially because it kind of feeds into the whole idea of, like, you know, dark aura negativity thing that Moss was talking about, right? And sort of extrapolating on that and, and making it more recognized that the energy itself forces you to see and think in an extremely negative way and brings out your most negative emotions. Yeah, exactly. That's something that I guess Sonic Unleashed kind of, like, forgot well it's light and dark gaia i mean it's it's sort of always implied that i mean aside from that one fucking cutscene, you know <laughs> i, I <laughs> yeah oh god no i don't want to talk about that but it it's sort of implied that like dark gaia would bring out more negative emotions in people right and and more more instinctual bad habits and uh i guess this is the the, the more realized form of that you know because Maybe the games can be used as the template to expand upon them in a written work uh, where the world is the is the centerpiece for that. You know, it's, this is a really minor touch, but it, it does a lot to like show that like, yeah, the comics are actively expanding and they're trying to take the perspective and make it broad again. Sonic then swings at Mighty saying, oh, you think you know what this is? Then Mighty f is flipped up saying, listen, man, either you control the rage or the rage controls you. To which Sonic then slams him into the ground, throwing him through a tree, saying to himself, Control Breath's Mighty, he is your friend, he needs your help. So Mighty goes in, grabbing Sonic's stretched arm and throws him to the ground, says Sonic, Listen, anything lesser than you would have been corrupted by this Gaia matter. You're strong enough to fight this, just fight the urge. Just stay down, please. And now again we see Sonic's corrupted view. 
So this, no, oh God. So Mighty, in this like corrupted view, says, Sally thinks that you're a lesser man. Corrupted. I know you're not strong enough to fight me. Stay down. God damn. Wow, dude. <laughs> raw? <laughs> kind of raw. Old. Also, kind of kind of kind of some old Archie dialogue. Yeah. A little, 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 little bit of that coming out. Oh, God. And that moment, that's where the rest of the Freedom Fighters come in. They're, the forest is being torn apart and in Sonic State. Mighty's just trying to tell Sonic, man, there's really nothing to be ashamed of. But Sonic kips him away, saying he's not ashamed of anything. So now they're all in a panic. Sally thinks to herself, like, listen, Sonic believes he's always in the right. So this corruption must be altering his perception and thinks Mighty is in the wrong. So, Ray, back up with Mighty here. Amy, follow my lead. When Sonic and Mighty are about to punch each other again, everyone comes in between them. Ray tells Mighty, just hold off, man. Sally has a plan. So now Amy and Sally are trying to talk to Sonic. But again, he's only hearing that more passive-aggressive stuff from them. His vision kind of starts to clear a little bit. Sally's saying that he'll do what's right in the end. You know, I respect that. When you told me you'd drive out Dr. Eggman to save the king, I thought that was crazy, but you did it. You stood up to perfect chaos and you won. You won the world over by sheer positive willpower. Mighty and Ray then call him an inspiration. Show the willpower again. Or you're going to have to fight the friends that you swore to protect. And then Sonic realizes, yeah, that's what I was trying to. But then he stops, takes a look at his hands, the damage he caused, and falls to the ground. Sally and Amy help him up. We're going to get you back to Moss's house. Now, they're all served drinks. Sonic's saying that he saw Mighty as if everything was just trying to, like, anger me. And then Amy scolds him. Chuck says you should have gone to a doctor. Sonic apologizes. I genuinely thought it was all under control, but thanks for helping me out, Mighty. You really got me in check. But Mighty says, nah, that was all you, man. All I did was just slow you down. You kept your inner self uncorrupted. And Moss says, Mighty truly has taken his lessons to heart. And new days bring new beginnings. The sun rises, and when the sunlight hits Sonic, the Dark Gaia energy is expunged from his body, and he's back to normal. Amy's happy to see him okay, bracing him. Sally says, well, glad that's over. Let's get this Emerald back to the Sky Patrol and figure this out. But Sonic says, no. What's going to happen tonight will happen again eventually. I don't want to go ballistic in the Sky Patrol. So I'm going to stay here and train to control this Werehog form. And I'm not leaving till I do. Damn, they really said, yo, dog, we're putting Sonic in the hyperbolic time chamber for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> true, though. True. Nah, nah, true and real, man. I, I, do, I do think that the decision to have Sonic go into a mini training arc is cool. I like it. Kind of as a neat twist, you know, if he's if he's getting this incredible power and and they're doing a lot to show that he's struggling to control it. Yeah, I like this. It's a little bit more realistic. I know that's a very weird way to phrase this, but like it does feel like we're going through the training arc. I also have to talk for a second about the way that uh Werehog Sonic is drawn. It's such a stark contrast. He just looks so silly. Like, <laughs> not in a bad way. He's just this big old guy. <laughs> it's a big fluff ball, you know? I know. It's uh, it's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson has really renders the hairs, like, individually almost. Well, he's a, he's a, he's a wolf man, you know? Yeah. He's got to be a big, hairy, hulking monster, right? Yeah. It almost reminds me. Have you ever seen, like, the concept art of, like, Werehog Sonic? There was, like, one I remember where he just looked like Sully from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> uh, 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 what? Yeah. 
Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> He's a big fluffy boy. Yeah, right, he does just look like fucking- he looks sully adjacent, holy <laughs> fuck. Now, that's the end of that story, but we do have a story B here, so James Fry again is doing the art, and we've got a new writer this time around, his name is Eric Esquivel, so this guy's another varied career comic book artist, he did some work for Marvel, uh, Spider's Web, Thor, some Adventure Time comics- uh, unfortunately, I do kind of have to mention this. I don't think it would be right not to. So his career magnum opus is a series called Border Town that was canceled in 2018 over allegations that he sexually abused a female friend. Oh. Uh, yeah. So with that being said, keep that in your head. As we read through this completely innocuous story that has no issues. <clears throat> this story does take place right before the previous episode's arc called Waves of Change. So, Rotor gives Antoine and Buddy the tour of the Sky Patrol. It's showing it's got all this weapons and it's gear. We're about to get started to head out. But, on the Death Egg, Eggman's trying to study the Sky Patrol and how it works. Before getting interrupted by Orbot and Cubot. Eggman says he didn't know someone else was capable of creating such an instrument of destruction other than me. I'm almost impressed. Too bad I have to blow it out of the sky now. But Rotor is continuing the tour of the Sky Patrol, showing off the bathroom. They got a bidet in there. That's how you know they're living fancy. Bidets. Fancy living. Here, Here we come. Yeah, you know, there's there's got to be a SpongeBob reference in this show at some point. We might as well do it now. Maybe I'll make one more later this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so then he also goes shows them the med bay. There's 15 kinds of ointments and a Zen garden to relax in between missions. Sonic thinks, you know, that's this is all cool and all, brother. But like, I thought that this system would be a bit more, you know, uh, but then the warning alarm blares. So Rotor thinks that they're under attack. Sonic offers Rotor to go out to fight, but Rotor goes to the deck command seat. What, you didn't think I didn't arm this thing? Come on, man. They see Eggman's challenge, a new Badnik Horde commander, which Eggman calls the uh, War Walrus. It's it's just Rotor with a with the big fucking wrench as a robot. It's very stupid. <laughs> but all right, uh, anything you throw at it, it can throw back tenfold. Rotor accepts the challenge and activates the Sky Patrol's defense systems, which is a fuck ton of guns, including a, a gun that fires Omochows. You know, anti-air missiles, a Vulcan cannon, a laser blaster, and also the Sonic Power Cannon from Sonic X. It's the same fucking one. Wait, really? Yeah, it's the one I think on the bottom. Wow, I didn't even realize that. That did not cross my mind. And yes, of course, very important, the Omo Chow gun. Would be remiss not to mention that. I, I, I feel like there is no greater gun than just firing out fucking Omo Chows. The war gun's blasted out. It's downed. We're all good. Sonic is like, dude. You should have led with this. This is fucking sick, man. But Rotor says like, eh, I don't know. Weapons are boring. Anybody can do this. You should really check out the comic book and video game library, though. That's. Uh, God, that's just, uh, well, uh, <laughs> there, there, there is some interesting stuff in that library. Mm. Let me tell you why. <laughs> wow, Rotor, you really have an archive of everything here. Uh, what's this? Sally slapped me. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's not fair. We're past that. <laughs> uh, 
Yo, okay, sometimes, listen, they referred to it, they fucking brought the door up, I'm just, I, I am, I am just letting them in for a brief moment before showing them out. <laughs> well, uh, oh. anyway, so, like, uh, back on the Death Egg, uh, Orban Kiwa console Eggman, you know, not everything can be a winner, although Eggman agrees, you know, can't walk through the door, so we're gonna have to take a more subtle approach next time, and in his hand, of course... The Tales doll. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, look, look, yeah, we'll get back to that. Uh, this feels like an Art Mawinnie comic, this side story. You know, it really, it, it, it feels like it was like pulled straight from like 1992. You know, you're kind of right. I, you, you're, yeah. This does feel just more like funny ha-has than anything. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty funny, honestly. I don't have I don't have a problem with it necessarily, just uh just a funny You know, just just weird that this feels so casual in nature compared to like what we just what, what we just talked about. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, a solid issue, uh, Tyson Hessart, uh, godlike, uh, some good stuff here, definitely worth the read. So, Sock the Hedgehog, issue 266, Flynn and Peppers, the creative team. We open as Sonic performs his best, uh, Luke Skywalker impression as he trains. He's, uh, racing Moss through the zone, they're swinging through the vines, Sonic runs across some water, Moss uses a log to ride the wave Sonic made, Sonic's pinballing off the terrain, Moss swings through some trees, and they make it to the beach where the race is called. And as usual, Sonic of course is the winner, Moss comes in immediately after, but Sonic does congratulate him, that's closer than usual. But Moss says Sonic made for a very excellent racer. Moss says that his speed comes from learning and knowing the terrain, I work with it instead of trying to overpower it. But Sonic says, man, I've ran through more zones, battleships, and death traps, so going fast is just kind of my answer to everything. Oh, so I have nothing to teach you then. And Sonic whispers mighty, like, bro, does he turn everything around on you? Yeah, he did, before I started to listen. So, Moss says that he's working on helping Ray be more proactive, and Sonic says that he knows he needs help handling this transformation, but he doesn't want to risk losing control around his friend. He knows how to deal with stuff, though, and no matter Zen talk is going to help me. Moss then says something very insightful, and I actually like this quote a lot. You are a free spirit, child. Free as the wind, you resist control to your very core. What you must learn is acceptance interesting now i i i i I am already a huge fan of this as a potential arc for sonic because considering the shit he's seen in this comic and the things he's done there's no one who needs to learn how to accept things more than him yeah i think that speaks for itself honestly there's there's a lot we could dig into that with yeah acceptance very important mighty comes into sonic saying you know all this talk about controlling you you know who would say something like that don't say it, dude. Uh, it's Dr. Eggman. Eh? Yeah? Speaking of, we then see Eggman. He's given Thunderbolt the riot act for failing to kill Sonic and his friends and keeping the Chaos Emerald safe. Uh, well, failed is a strong word, you know. Then Eggman screams she failed even louder. But she insists she can take Sonic's transformation into account, And but Eggman just doesn't hear it. You're gonna find a Gaia Temple and secure it. Otherwise, there won't even be left enough for you to make gloves. And swipes her connection away. It's kind of fucked up. She basically threatened to skin her alive. Kind of fucked up, buddy. But okay. Now, Eggman then comments about how he misses his forces being roboticized. No excuses. No sass. No need to threaten life and live. On the other hand, they didn't have any incentive. No creative thinking. Man, I do enjoy the threatening. 
But then again, I do miss the competency. But uh, that's that's eh, interesting. That's an interesting little uh, little little line. I guess I guess Eggman's blending of the realities is something that's more delayed, or he's just you know holding on. I I think it is somewhat implied that the roboticizer still exists in this world, and again, it's just kind of like one of those similar things. We can just assume yeah, things yeah, played out the yeah. same for the most part. Orbot delivers some news. Well, we've actually had no loss in productivity from the cyberized egg soldiers. Cyberized. So that's the new term considering the old stuff. And yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about it. So cyberized is the new term. Uh, what's old is new again. In fact, Egg Boss Thunderbolt has actually gained territory since the world slid apart. And Cubot confirms that some Egg Bosses have actually been putting up a real fight against Gun. Eggman then thinks that their weak network and their forces being spread thing must make coordinating a nightmare for them. So Orbot also adds that the army has been having a share of issues as well. Some have gained ground, but the rest of the civilized world seems to be struggling for now. But Eggman does think that shattering the planet may actually be the best thing I've ever done. And then there, Orbot gives him a report on captured Dark Gaia energy. According to our info, if Eggman could just tap a tenth of the energy, he'd have enough power to last the Empire a hundred years. On the spot, Eggman thinks that there must be a way to reroute all this power to one central location. The largest refinery I've ever built. Energy scrubbers, laser grids, and carousels. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it when we get to it. I have many things to say about this uh, refinery. But he does want to get the Chaos Emeralds too. Without them, the planet can't be put together again. Then I'll control the pieces and the flow of the Dark Iron energy. And for that to go smoothly, I'll need the Sonic and the Freedom Fires defeated, which I've already invested in. Meanwhile, aboard the Sky Patrol, quick check-in. Sally has called for a roundtable meeting. The Freedom Fighters, we've got two Chaos Emeralds already. The Chaotix has informed her Knuckles is holding on to a third, so we got five Emeralds to go. Nicole has mined Eggnet Theta to see that a fourth, the blue Chaos Emerald, has been intersected by the Egg Army in Northamer. We can get it there. Antoine, though, notes it's kind of close from the last Egg Army base we raided, and Sally does think it's almost too good to be true considering how we barely escaped from Thunderbolt. Then Rotor comments, you know, another E-100 robot was defeated, so at best a super badnik is guarding it, but we can handle that. But Tails does say, maybe we should wait for Sonic to come back. But Amy says what he's doing is going to help. Bunny thinks, though, if we can get some Chaos Emeralds, maybe that can help cleanse Sonic what's aliening him. Sally does think, though, that this is a trap. But whether or not it is, we just can't let Eggman have an Emerald, you know, considering everything. So, let's make it a vote. Everyone, raise your hand if you want to go on the mission. And it's unanimous. The teams are now to split up. Sally, Antoine, and Buddy, Team Freedom to go in quiet and prepare for things to get heated. Tails, Amy, and Rotor will be Team Fighters as backup. Nicole will keep an eye on the scanners. And as for Cream, Cheese, and Big, you guys can stay on the Sky Patrol where it's safe. Cream, you've come a long way, but you really do need more training before she's let on a dangerous mission like this. Minor note, I like that Sonic is not problem-solving everything. And I like that the team is just like, yeah, we're going in. Everyone's in agreement. No, no, no holding back. Everyone's like, yep, let's go. Big fan. Shows agency. <laughs> yes, exactly. Back at the rocky jungle, Sonic is continuing his training. He's riding down a log down a waterfall like a surfboard. Launches himself off a rock formation, landing on a palm tree. Launching himself back to his launch point, back to Ray, Mighty, and Moss. And our boy sticks the landing. That's a perfect 10 right there. And so Sonic asks Moss, how do you think of that? Moss said, well... That was impressive. 
So you have already mastered the principle of passive progression. Ray's impressed at how Sonic seems fast at everything. Mighty goes, uh-huh, yeah, and he's so very modest about it. Leading Sonic to rub it in and think, oh, what's that? What's that? I'm, I'm the best at everything? Yeah, what's that? I can't hear you over the sound of your ego. But yeah, okay, sure. Good job, man, for real. You really did inspire me to get my act together back in the day, and you always showed me I still have ways to go. Though Sonic does kind of, like, hit him up a bit. You know, you did handle your own last night, and honestly, man... You could lead your own Freedom Fire team something good. Mighty's just like, I, I don't know, man. I'm not leadership material, but Raylo disagrees. No, you're kind, you're smart, you're strong. I'd be the first to join your team, and Master Moss could be our wise advisor. And then it's just like, you know what, man? Can you just dial back the optimism, like, for once? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cute scene. I like this. I know. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Moss fittingly says, uh, we do not grow stronger by only facing the challenges we are comfortable with shepherding some of my other students could do you some good as mighty is more embarrassing you can't seriously do you see what you started <laughs> take it back before now this is a cute little character moment i like that mighty is like very like comfortable in his element but it's it's also showing that he's very afraid of of having that sort of like individuality and responsibility right it's a little it's different from the old canon but like this is a great way to expand on these characters I, I like the idea that Mighty is a uh, is a reformed like roughhouser, right? Yeah. And now he's he's somebody who's trying to attain like inner peace and inner calm and try and be a force for good in in, in the best way he possibly can be and find a way to be more productive. When Mighty calls for Sonic out, Sonic is distracted and he sees that the sun is about to set. So Moss comes to him, says, "Breathe. This is what you've been training for." Face it with the same confidence you did with the jungle and the waterfall. Those things didn't have teeth and claws and they weren't coming out of me. But Ray assures Sonic, you can do it. And Mighty assures him too. Then Moss finishes, Sonic, do not fight this. For you cannot fight yourself. It's not a beast. It's you. If you are a hero, then it can be a hero as well. Then the moon rises. The dormant Dark Aya energy engulfs Sonic. And he transforms into the Werehog. Perfectly calm. Perfectly safe. And Sonic looks at himself and says that he feels, he feels good. I think I got this. Feels a little weird though, these fangs and claws. It's almost like my speed got exchanged for muscles. And then he just puffs his chest out, howls into the jungle, and asks Moss, how about a rematch for that race? And he's down. Special mention to the uh, little scene of Mighty asking Sonic how he's feeling and the uh, the 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 dark like, oh, I'm going to fuck you up look comes out and then he just grins like, ha, gotcha. Gotcha. Got, <laughs> oh, gotcha. Oh, oh, no. yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, yeah. when they're racing, they're being spied on by Thunderbolt and her egg army. The spy said Sonic transformed into the thing that took a jillion volts and only got matter. Thunderbolt those songs, well, this time I'm going to hit him with two jillion volts, five, a gigawatt, whatever to bury him and restore her honor. So she lost her chance to ambush the Freedom Fighters, but she still has something to throw at Sonic. And above her head, a large super bad mech. Meanwhile, though, we move to the Sandhill Zone. The lone Chaos Emerald held in a chamber, surrounded by four red gates. Antoine and Bunny are in their positions. They don't see any guards. Sally says that this is really suspicious. Antoine thinks that these gates could be alarms or decoys, but Sally thinks it's Eggman, you know? Who knows what it could really be? So she has Bunny fly up to give him cover. Antoine and Sally close in on the Emerald. Bunny still sees nothing. But out of nowhere, she gets ambushed by another Eggbot. E-108 Iota, which has 
wings, like bird wings. It's very interesting design. Antoine ends up getting ambushed by another robot, E109 Kappa. Kappa Pride. Kappa. Any 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 Kappas in chat? Uh, you know, uh <laughs> the Twitch chat in my brain is flooding right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just wall of it. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh Sally hits herself for getting caught in another trap, but she is ambushed by a third unit, E110 Lambda. Freedom Fighters in a little bit of a tough spot, but that's the end of 166. That's fun. That was a fun story with Sonic. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I like what the, the direction they're going with the training. Little mini shonen arc is always cool for this character. Feels very in line with with who he and what he is. Yeah. So I'm I'm all about it. Yeah. All right. So let's go to Sonic the Hedgehog issue 267. Flynn and Peppers, the creative team. Sonic's in his werehog form. He and Master Razor to the jungle. Sonic using his new stretchy arms to cover more ground. And uh, Sonic wins the race by stretching his hand over the finish line. But Boss is a good sport about it. And he gives Sonic that win. But just sees that Sonic still needs to take some teachings to heart. Sonic is like, yeah, yeah, you're right. My speed and power is all there. I just need to release it differently. Same Sonic, new flow to the mojo. Now, Moss says, honestly, you could use some more training, but you do need to get back to your friends as well. So Sonic's about to take the leave, but they see the electric discharge coming from the jungle, coming in a super badnik called the Flying Dynamo. Sonic wants to get the chance to test out his new abilities, leading to Sonic, Mighty, and Ray to charge in head first to fight it. On the other hand, Antoine, Sally, and Bunny are on the ropes of each respective E100 robot fighting them. Sally tries to support Bunny by taking out Iota, believing Bunny's safe under Sally's cover. Bunny jumps out, bombarded by Lambda. Sally again helps, but she takes a later shot from Iota. Rotor is seeing all this from the Sky Patrol and decides we gotta get into action. Tails, Amy, let's go. He gives Nicole command of Sky Patrol. We need to get down there before Eggman gives us any more surprises. Uh, as a pod containing the Tails doll approaches and sneaks in through an air vent. I do like the role that the Tails doll is taking as the conspicuous spy robot. Like, it's kind of kind of interesting. Like, it's a, it's a cool role for him. Yeah, it's a way to, like, introduce everything, I guess. I'm a fan. Now, back on the battlefield, Bunny intercepts Sally, creating an energy shield from a laser shot, telling her that we really need to get that emerald, so Sally books it to the pod. But when she reaches it, she activates a finer security measure. There's a robotic arm with claws coming out of it, and Sally tries to slash at it. But that's when Rotor comes in with his group. He's trying to save everybody. Sally says, okay, guys, mission's a bust. We gotta retreat, and we gotta get back to the Sky Patrol, ready the weapons to attack from on high. But suddenly... The Emerald Pod fires itself up and away. It just launches into the sky as some electric rods pop out from the surrounding rocks, creating an energy net and trapping in the Freedom Fighters. Okay, shit, Eggman was keeping an eye on this this whole time. He knew full well that Sally stole the information and used the Emerald as bait. Orbot, though, notes that sending in three E-100 units was a little overkill, and also using the Emerald as bait was a risky fucking move, but Eggman dismisses all that. Even if they took the emerald, they're just stockpiling them for me. But now I get to keep it for myself, along with snuffing out the resistance. Once Sonic gets back to the Sky Patrol, we'll be keeping tabs on his every move. The Tails doll seems shifting through the vents. But now back on the Rocky Jungle Zone, Sonic takes an electric shot from the Dynamo, largely unaffected by it. But Mighty can't go in for an opening, so let's make one. Ray, go distract it, and Mighty follow him. Ray is in the air, it's got its attention, as Mighty holds Sonic down as he's about to launch himself off a palm tree. Let's go. Sonic's flung toward the badnik. He slams into it, grabs it to the ground, and just, like, 
just fucking tears into it, ripping it apart by the wires. It's a little gruesome, but kind of kind of sick. Kind of sick. Yeah, it's it's cool. I I I, I like watching uh, <laughs> I like watching stuff like this, especially <laughs> with the werehog. Uh, Special shout out to the uh, Werebrofist that is literally <laughs> visibly seen in the uh, in one of the panels following the destruction of the Dynamo. It's a uh, it's cute. Sonic also finishes that comic with, "Oh, I wonder what Thunderbolt will think of that." As uh, she is seen getting increasingly pissed and she's generating electricity. But at the Sand Hill, the Freedom Fighters see they can't escape out of this net, leaving them prone to a hit from Lambda. And now they're all down and surrounded by the E100 robots. Cream is seeing all this happening and asks Nicole to do something, but the cannons on the Sky Patrol would probably hurt the team. So Cream decides to get into action. Big follow me, asking Nicole to send Omochow and T-Pup to the hangar. The Freedom Fighters are surrounded, but then Sally sees Big's lure cast down near her. Cream is calling out for them. She's on her own extreme gear. Big is on a hover bike and telling everyone, hurry, we gotta go. So the Freedom Fighters head up and out, back to the Sky Patrol, and Sally is screaming to Nicole, close the hangar. And then they're all good and dusted, they escape the field, but Sally's a little, a little upset. She knew it was a trap, this was an obvious trap, but we still did the mission and my friends were put in danger. So this is some, I think this is a little bit of the PTSD sneaking in. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit of PTSD, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. On the other hand, though, very big ups to Cream for, for, for pulling her thing. Yeah, she really coming in clutch. We, 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 we respect. The next morning, the Sky Patrol arrives to the rocky jungle to pick up Sonic. Tails flies down to the tornado to get him. But before Sonic leaves, he does invite everyone to come on board next time. I think you'll really like the Zen Garden, Moss. So Sonic asks Tails how the mission go. He said, ooh, oh, it's a total failure. Everyone's intact, but we're all... Uh, then Sonic goes up into the infirmary. Everyone's treating their injuries. Sally said that the emerald was bait and we were ambushed by three E100 robots. Sonic is like, man, I should have been there. But Antoine reminds him how you needed to heal yourself. Sally says you probably would have been injured too. But Sonic is like, no, 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 come on. So what if Eggman got a win today? That's what? One to a hundred? We're the best team on this whole jigsaw puzzle piece of a planet. Come on. Plus, Eggman's not going to have that emerald for long anyway. As for himself, I still change at night, but I'm ready to go into the fray. I'm not leaving you guys again. Sonic then asks Nicole, you got another lead on an emerald? And she does, but um, I don't think you guys are going to like this. And Sonic and Sally look a little upset knowing that um, she, of all people, has an emerald. We then move to a quick office space. We see Coconuts of the S6 squad. He's telling his boss the media is abuzz with news of this tournament. But is it really so wise to advertise that the Chaos Emerald is the grand prize? And his boss says, oh, trust me, darling, this fight will be one to remember. And his boss is revealed to be Breezy, another character from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. So look, let me talk about this for a quick second. So remember... This comic was based on, licensing-wise at least, on both AOSTH and SATAM. So any character from SATAM, that's fair game. Any character from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog is also fair game. So, folks, let me tell you, this next arc that's going to be coming up, it, it's so fucking good. I can't wait to get to it. But, <laughs> oh, okay, wait, wait, I got to talk about this for a second. All right, can you imagine the nuts on the writing team to be like, hey, yo, what if we took the meme fucking character from AOSTH, the big booba hedgehog, 
and we made her a mogul. What if we just made her like raw? You know who she looks like? She looks like King from KOF. Oh, shit. I think that was intentional. Yeah. Hmm. It's very interesting that you're bringing up a fighting game comparison. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. Yes. Yes, we will. We will. Yeah. So that's that's it for the main comic. Very fun arc. Very excited. I'm very, very happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I think that the um, expansion on the Werehog stuff and sort of having Sonic go through sort of a mini arc to get to where he needs to go is interesting. I do wish that we spent a little bit more time in training and watching Sonic sort of struggle with the concepts a bit more, but I understand the comic has to go at a specific pace. As that ends, we do have, before we get into our Sonic universe, we got to take our little breather with our Sonic origin story from Sonic Super Digest 9, titled Bell and the Machine. Of course, Flynn and Wells are the creative team. We're going to be focusing on Bunny. Sonic is seen destroying the Scorpion bot, so she flies off to another location and thinks to herself, man, you know, when I was growing up, I never thought I'd have to be fighting bad guys. No, Bunny was raised to be a proper lady, all that good stuff, and when she would grow up, she'd meet a nice guy, settle down and all that. She wanted to be a hairstylist or beautician when she was younger. Not that that's a bad thing to do in life, but you know, life doesn't go the way you think. When Eggman took over the kingdom, Bunny's body was crushed under some rubble. Uncle Chuck and Rosie did save her though, and they brought her to safety. Unfortunately, they didn't have many options left for her. So Chuck had the risky idea, sneaking her back into his old lab in the city, and in order to save her life, put her through his prototype medical roboticizer. It saved her life though. But it turned her legs and her left arm into robotic parts, and she thought she was a freak. As time went on, she got used to it. She made great friends with Sally, even found love with Antoine despite it all, and she felt like it made her feel no less different, or even beautiful. She became friends with the Freedom Fighters, and time went on. She needed an upgrade to her robotic parts. Even though that she knew this brought her chances of de-roboticization to zero, Antoine assured her, this doesn't change who you are. It never had. You'll always be someone courageous and with a beautiful heart. I want to say this now. I do like the idea that um, Bunny's original robotic parts are much more in line with what we originally knew as her design. Very bulky, very big. And then, and then you know, it was an upgrade that slimmed them down and made them more normalized. Bunny grew up to become a batic-busting freedom fighter instead of some dainty lady of the court. But, but she did end up meeting and marrying a nice guy. So, hey, that's one childhood dream come true. Bunny then sees Antoine giving a signal and she blasts through a conveyor belt. Sally and Antoine clear debris, and they came up back with Sonic, saying that he missed out on the good stuff, as she continues onward, that thinking at the end of the day, I wouldn't trade my life of adventure for anything. This is more than she could have ever dreamed of. That's the end of that little piece. Very happy to see. So Bunny, I guess, is one character that wasn't that much different from the old canon. The only deviation was that it was Uncle Chuck who roboticized her, to sa- yeah. directly to save her life. Yeah, which is a fine change. I mean, Bunny's backstory never needed much changing anyways. It it fit within a very specific context. Like, it's it's pretty simple, all things considered. Yeah, it is a good change. Very good. Yeah. Now, folks, we're here to have fun now. <laughs> I'm This arc is is so much fun. Hello, ba- ba- base, base department? Yeah, it's, it's me. Uh, hello? Yeah, I'm gonna need your uh, tallest order of Kino. Sonic Universe, issue. 67. Of course, Flynn and Yardley are the creative team. All right. Days ago, 
Eclipse. He's been piloting his escape pod as he's muttering that this is all Shadow's fault. He passes through the cracked earth and lands on the red mountains of Angel Island. Crash landing. So he pulls himself out, sees his surroundings, and he goes to check inside his dark arm eggs. Some of them didn't survive the trip, but some did. And he will protect them. And together, they will get their revenge on this world. Ooh, edgy. Edgy boy. Edge, edge, edge. Today, Team Dark lands at the launch base zone on Angel Island. Unruh says, man, I've always loved this place. Maybe I'll retire here or when I'm filthy rich. And then Shadow Rips are saying, you know, I think you'd go crazy without anything to steal. Uh, I'd be offended if it wasn't true. <laughs> wow. Read like a read like a fucking book. And also in the background, Omega's trying to exit the jet carrier, but he's our boy's too wide to get out the door, so he has to go out the hangar. Wide Omega, baby! <laughs> he's too wide. But then, as they're out and touching ground, Omega releases a gun helipod, which gives them in touch with their contact, Dr. Julian Snively of Gun R&D. Y- uh-huh, yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, there he is. His character design changed a little bit. I think now he's got, like, a beard going on. It's a bit strange, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it, it kind of works for him. kind of yeah. works. Kinda does work. Shadow reports. They arrive to the island safely, and Snively tells them that according to data from the Ark, the Black Arm ship should have landed somewhere around on the island. But, Snively suggests that they secure the Master Emerald to keep it out of Eclipse's hands. Hmm, Snively uh, wants the Master here Emerald. Here we go! Huh? Oh god, mm. enough fucking... Oh. Alright, I mean, it's not even five seconds that he's back into this comic and he's already here to... ready to fucking try and screw someone over. Great. Ah, classic. Classic. Shadow thinks they should be directly attacking Eclipse, but Rouge interrupts them, saying that, in that case... We're going to need Knuckles' help. You know, he knows this place inside and out, and for whatever reason, he thinks he's supposed to be its protector. Shadow, though, says, I don't need Knuckles' permission to do my job. And Snively gets frustrated with Rouge, and she calls it out saying, hey, listen, you're only here to observe. And if you play nice, maybe I'll get you some alien tech, okay? Okay. So Rouge has a team follow behind. They got a lot to ground to cover. Likely, Knuckles is on the other side. And so this... I love this page because this is basically a montage of Team Dark going through the Sonic 3 zones in reverse. All right. Yeah, it's pretty great. So they they start at launch base. They head to Carnival Night. Uh, shout out to shout out to my boy Omega. Just straight up destroying the uh, the barrel from Carnival Night. You know the one. They go through Marble Garden and then they make their way to, uh, I assume, Angel Island. But I'm pretty sure this is actually Azur Lake. You're correct on both counts, honestly. I thought it was Angel Island Zone 2, but it actually is Azure Lake. For if you don't know, that's one of the two-player zones from Sonic 3 and Knuckles. They finally arrive to the Master Emerald Shrine. Rouge reminds the boys, all right, guys, let me do the talking, okay? So now on the shrine, Knuckles is with the Master Emerald as he looks on at the shattered pieces of the planet around him. He really says this honestly feels like this should just be someone else's problem, but over time, I've learned that trouble down there will eventually mean trouble up here. You know, I found that spirit and a chaos emerald, but it doesn't feel like it's enough. Plus, these weird plants have been popping up and bombs are just starting to pile on and on. Now, Relic and Fixit arrive saying that they found more dead patches on Angel Island. More of those weird plants. Botany is not my area of expertise. I can't really identify it, though. But all Knuckles knows is that this is definitely not of Angel Island and thus does not belong here. And uh, when Knuckles says that, Relic kind of takes that to heart saying, Oh, really? Man, I... 
guess I should probably just start packing up then. All right, sure. But Elko's like, no, 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 I, I no, not like that. You're welcome to stay as long as you like. And listen, I do appreciate you keeping an eye on the place with me, okay? And she says, oh, great, thanks. I was just about to investigate Marble Garden too. But fix it reminds her, you know, the flora... We don't know what to do with it or even where to start. As uh, Rouge, she calls out to Knuckles. Oh, you know, hey, I'm from out of town. I'd love a big, strong echidna to show me around. And Knuckles just like waltzes up to her and just says, no, no, nope, leave. Nope, nope, <laughs> out, th- th- bye, get <laughs> out, get out. I'm too busy. I'm not going to let you have this emerald. And Relic comes from behind asking for who these people are. Now Rouge is just like... Oh, oh, I see now. You've forgotten all about me because you have this new girl around, huh? I see how it is. Okay. But Knuckles like, no, 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 it's not like that. She's just a friend. But Rude says, you know, I, no, it's okay. I, I don't blame you. It must be lonely here all by yourself. And then Relic comes in behind is like sniping Knuckles' shoulders like, all right, what have you been telling people? Like, nothing, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is this is some this is some some prime keto interaction right here. Uh, we move from prime keto interaction to um. Yeah, we uh, we've we've set our piece. Yeah, uh, so we're just gonna we're just gonna let the scene play out, and then uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know what we what we'd have to say. Yeah, Shadow's just like okay, everyone, shut up. Uh, I just tells Knuckles, listen, man. The Black Arms are back. We destroyed all but one of them. Oh, really? That sounds like sloppy work. Shut up. Look, we managed to track down the last escapee to Angel Island. Relic then suggests she knows something. So Shadow pushes Knuckles away to get toward her, gives him a clipping of the alien plant she took, and then Shadow recognizes that this is a clipping of a red fruit tree cultivated only by the Black Arms. Eclipse is here. So then Knuckles thinks back to when he found that comet when he was in Pumpkin Hill. So Eclipse arrived while I was hunting down the spirit. I knew I shouldn't have left the island, but if I didn't, that wouldn't have found Chip and the Emerald. Rouge then, very kindly, asked Knuckles for help. You know, we don't know where he is, and I think you're the only one who can guide us. And Knuckles says, you know, you, I don't need this thing on my island. And listen, I will let you guys tag along, but you're not getting within 30 feet of the Master Emerald. Okay. Yeah, you're the boss. So Knuckles asks Relic, stay behind and keep an eye on the Emerald. Call if anything gets nasty. And then she asks Fixit to link up with the uh, the larger robot. So Fixit goes, says hi to Omega. Omega says, what does this tiny inferior robot possess? I, I, I don't have weapons. I fix things. After you destroy them? No, just just fix. And he just stands there as Omega scowls at him. It's great. <laughs> Second to silence, then Snively calls in and says, okay, no, this is ridiculous. We can't leave that emerald that poorly unguarded. So Root says, okay, new idea. Omega and I will go with Knuckles to look for Eclipse. Shadow will guard my, duh, the emerald. Both Knuckles and Shadow shout no at the same time, and the two look like, wait, oh. What? Uh, like, huh? Deja vu? What? <laughs> We don't really get to see Knuckles and Shadow interact, so this is funny. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very much uh, alike a lot more than uh, you would kind of expect, you know? Yeah, and speaking of interactions, like, I, f- I don't really remember Rouge interacting with Knuckles so much in the old canon. I, I think we know why, though. <laughs> Well, a lot of it, a lot of the interactions based around them have been born um, a lot out of the fans. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, People have always assumed that their relationship has been very back and forth. Uh, 
as as friends uh but you know there have been times in 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 the mainline games where the two spat lines at each other and so on so this is just a natural extension of that and i do like this yeah what i meant more was like you know knuckles was in a committed relationship and i suppose a lot of people saw rouge as a homewrecker in that dynamic with the master emerald fuck it's <laughs> not what i meant god damn it ah 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 now i'm picking up what you're putting down a lamau <laughs> old canon old stuff old history things we are legally not allowed to talk about <laughs> oh boy what a life shadow insists that he goes after eclipse rouge reminds him eclipses all of our problems and this emerald is the only thing that holds the island up it can trump the Chaos Emerald, so it needs to be guarded. Shadow says Eclipse almost ripped apart Omega. The reverse is also true. So you need me if you want to overwhelm him. Rude says, okay, look, listen. You come with us. Then Eclipse that passes us gets to the Master Emerald, kills What's-Her-Face. It's Relic. Thank you. So listen, Shadow, what's more important? Finishing Eclipse yourself or protecting the people he's out to destroy? So Shadow gives up. I'll watch the Master Emerald. Snively says he'll watch over too with Relic. So Knuckles tells her, call in to report every five minutes. And Shadow, don't fucking touch the Master Emerald. Is this like a thinly veiled reference to the don't touch it line from Sonic 06? Because that's the first thing that came to my brain. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I don't. I don't fucking know. I. 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 I'm. I'm making that. Uh. I'm making that Space Jam Michael Jordan reach. Oh God. <laughs> Rouge then finally says, "All right, Knuckles. Look, the faster we find this guy, the faster we'll leave you alone. So lead the way, handsome." A quick scene inside Eclipse's pod. He brings red fruit to feed his dark arms. So these dark arms are now revealed to be corrupted wisps. This is actually, like, kind of sick, in my opinion. Yeah, this is a very weird, like, choice, but one that I'm not necessarily against. We see, like, multiple wisps. A cube whip, a crimson wisp, yellow, and a magenta wisp as well. So, it's all a very interesting sight, honestly. But but it goes back to that theme that we've continually brought up, taking the games and using the world of the comics to expand. It's great. It actually creates some cool ideas like this. Now, Eclipse thinks to himself, the fruit is enough to live off of, but none of us are getting stronger off it. I can sense a great energy source nearby, but he's been spending his time planting, nurturing, and surveying. So then Eclipse decides to go out and scout. Dark arms don't leave, okay? So he thinks there shouldn't really be a problem. The island seems to be uninhabited. As he turns a corner and hears voices, Rouge telling Knuckles Eclipse looks like Shadow if you squint hard enough. <laughs> I like, yeah, I guess. I, I, I guess. That's, that's fucking hysterical. <laughs> so then he sees Knuckles, Rouge, and Omega. Knuckles saying that if there's a spaceship that crashed unnoticed, the Red Mountains would be my first guess as to where it is. Now Eclipse thinks he's worried that he and his dark arms are about to be discovered. Knuckles again comments, I just want this done and over with. And shadow away from the Master Emerald. This makes Eclipse think to go and find this so-called Master Emerald. Shadow's the bonus here. We then move to a quick scene. Shadow is seen with Relic and Snively. They're all surrounding the Master Emerald. Relic is asking Shadow about the Black Arms. You know, what can you tell me about their culture and all that? But all Shadow says is that these things are monsters. Nothing good comes from them. Relic says, oh, I understand. But man, I would like to study them regardless. Shadow says that she wouldn't say that if you knew... And then turns around to look, and he sees kind of a mirage 
uh, Relic's face has been kind of morphed to a fly, and he freaks the fuck out. Shadow sees Snively on his monitor, and he sees, like, the face of Black Death. Shadow is, like, screaming, okay, no, 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 I know the Black Arms are dead. No mind games, come out and face me, you coward. Then Eclipse hops up around the Master Emerald saying, if you insist. We are moving on to Sonic Universe issue 68. Great comic, by the way. Just saying. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Flynn and Yardley are the creative team. Relic ducks behind the emerald. Fix it is with Snively's pod. Snively says to her that Eclipse is what Team Dark came here to find. Now, with Eclipse and Shadow engaged in combat, Shadow is then thrown down from the air. Relic sees if he's okay, but just says, stand back. Let me handle this. Eclipse finds this disgusting. You're willing to wipe out my kind, our kind, without batting an eye. But you'll give your life to protect these inferior life forms? All right, buddy, that's a little rude. Fuck off. Eclipse reaches his hand out to Shadow. I was made to kill you, but I still see you as family. You're all I have left. Just join me. We can harvest this world together, restart our kind, and leave this broken planet to rot. Shadow responds, I swore to Professor Gerald to protect this world and to Maria to give the people a chance at happiness. And that means ending you. And Eclipse is like, how oh, well. I tried to be reasonable. Then the two rush in towards each other to fight. A little change of pace. Back at Red Mountain, Omega demands to fire at a hammer that's swinging him away. And Knuckles says, don't, don't do that, okay? But Ruses says, like, what, what good is this hammer doing for anyway? It's, oh, you know, it's all for the mining stuff. Oh, right, of course, for all the trade routes to the places that don't know this island exists. A little fucked up, but okay. All right, sure. Yeah, 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 a little, little. Little, 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 little knife in the heart, you know, just a little one, little, little, little poke. Yeah, and I, I guess Knuckles takes out a little heart, and, he, and Rouge is just like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Look, I know I'm not known for my gentle touch, but honestly, I do don't like the idea of you, like, just having all your potential just wasting away watching this spit of land. What do you really benefit out of this? But Knuckles says, no, listen, this benefits everyone else. Have you ever considered that? That's actually kind of an interesting back and forth, how Rouge seems to, like, genuinely want the best for Knuckles at the end of the day. Well, yeah. She she actually wants him to be a person, hmm. and not just be tied to the Emerald forever, which is a reasonable thing to think. Her life, her, her character is centered around freedom to do and get whatever she pleases. She's a thief. And it makes sense, you know, the idea of someone so free that they've never been able to see anything that binds them. And the person who's bound to duty on, on such a fundamental level that they can't see anything but that in every action they take. It's a very interesting dynamic that these two characters have. Always has been. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why they were pitted up against each other in uh, in, in SA2 mm -hmm. as, as rival characters. There's a lot to be said about it. At the top, Knuckles sees this crash shuttle. Omega confirms it is in fact Eclipse's ship. So Rouge then continues, listen, Knuckles, my thing's about freedom. I do my part and I get the freedom to do what I want. But Knuckles says, listen, what I have is a job, but it's not my life. All you do is wait for trouble to show up and you don't want any more yourself? No, I'm good. The world shattering apart? Friends? Life? I just want to watch the Master Emerald for God's sake. It's, it's the gr it's the grilling meme. I'm sorry. <laughs> Knuckles just wants to grill, bro. In, in the background is the Sigma male grind set, the weird little guitar strumming. Oh my god, please no. <laughs> when they're on top of the ship, Omega says he's going to blast the door since they can't find their way in. But Rude just says, listen, for all we know, Eclipse could be waiting to ambush us. But we do get a little scene inside his dark arms are like scared and huddled together. Knuckles says, okay, listen, for once, Omega has the right idea. We got to hit hard and fast. 
Then Omega's about to fire. Fix-It calms into him, telling Eclipse is engaging Shadow with the Master Emerald Shrine. Knuckles is pissed knowing that he should have stayed. Rouge and Omega go follow behind him to help fight. Knuckles says the best way forward is to just go straight down. Now Shadow does have Eclipse on the ropes, and just as he's about to win, Eclipse powers up into his monster form for a boost. Shadow says, oh come on, I'm not that impressed. Omega warned me about this. On the other side, Snively seems pretty impressed himself. Shadow tries to induce chaos control, but surprise he's blocked, leaving Eclipse to swipe away. He rebounds, trying to homing attack his chest, but he's once again caught, slammed into the ground. Shadow's a little dizzy, though. Eclipse says, listen, the new black comic wasn't what was blocking your powers. It was me, Barry. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm, like, I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm like yeah I, i've read this and i'm like i'm like oh <laughs> my god <laughs> i was built to counter you i limit your movement i cloud your mind this form gives me 10 times your strength so you're good as dead and then he's thrown to the stairs to the master emerald so shadow crawls them up finishing that this is how this should have been on the comet no mercy just massacre any last words and then shadow jolts to the master emerald puts his hand on it, and he uses it to induce chaos control directly, stopping time, hits Eclipse rapidly, and punching him out of his monster form with a chaos blast. Pretty fucking sick, not gonna lie. Yeah, pretty pretty sick. I, I like the idea that uh, using the Master Emerald for chaos control, which isn't something Shadow has done in canon yet, outside of this, is, is it, it gives him an uh, extreme amount of chaos energy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Eclipse is flung far away from the shrine as his monster body crumbles. Relic says, oh, whoa, hold on, are, are you okay? And Shadow's like, yeah, I, that was all just using the Master Emerald to overwhelm Eclipse's blockage. It felt good. Really good. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, God. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. Will this be a plot point in the future? Who knows? <laughs> So, he's about to chase after Eclipse, but he can barely stand. Relic says, I think you should wait behind for the rest of the team. But Snidley says, this is exactly what I feared. Eclipse is clearly capable of doing more. We have to move the Master Emerald to a safe location. Although Relic takes offense to that, Snidley continues, listen. A functionally instinct recluse and an archaeologist do not make for a sound defense system. You know, you didn't have to go for Knuckles like that, man. That's kind of fucked up. You didn't have to do that. Relic thought Knuckles was paranoid, but clearly this was a good move. If you hadn't been here about 10 minutes, and you're trying to rob him. But Snively says, listen, I'm trying to protect the world. I really do have everyone's best interests at heart. But we then see, like, in his lab, on his side of the monitor, there's, like, a couple monitors in the corner, which <laughs> says, um, Operation Conquest, consisting of the Ark, 14 satellites, and the Master Emerald. Gee, I wonder what that could be about. I'm sure that's totally innocuous. Yeah, totally innocuous. Classic snivelly moment smile. So Eclipse is seen reeling from the hit, wondering if that's the extent of the Master Emerald's power. As he sees Knuckles, Rouge, and Omega flying overhead, he realizes, oh god, I, I need to get back to the Dark Arms. They're all I have left. And then he warps away. When they return, Shadow calms everyone down. I'm okay. Knuckles is worried for Relic that she was hurt, but she says Shadow fought his all and protected us. Omega, though, says he doesn't detect Eclipse anywhere nearby. So Shadow's going to go chase after him, but Rouge just says, no, listen, you're hurt, and he's in bad shape, so he's really not going to get far. Although Snively laughs, saying he's not going to get that far anyway, we're on a remote island. But then Shadow is like, wait, no, what about the, the, the shuttle? But Knuckles says that we found it wrecked. So now Relic kind of panics, we're kind of stuck with an alien threat here. 
which leads Shadow to think, instead of risking the emerald, I think it should probably be moved to a safe location to kind of everybody's surprise. And Knuckles is like, no, no, I'm not fucking putting up with this. He's about to throw down. Rouge is like, nope, no, stop. Pull Shadow away. Listen, Shadow, buddy, as much as I would love to have this gem, without it, the island will fall with Knuckles and Relic still on it. But Shadow thinks, with the way the world is right now, I think the island will stay afloat. We can bring them with us. One island isn't as important as keeping the Emerald's power away from Eclipse. And Snively agrees with Shadow, as does Omega. Fix it, then just says, hey, can, can I, like, have a discussion here? Hey, hey. <laughs> Relic just says, no, look, this isn't right. This island has unique geology, architecture, history, all the works. Root says, listen, look, Shadow, I, I know you're right. But look, can we just get them to the aircraft? And then Shadow will use Chaos Control to warp the Master Emerald directly there. But then, uh, Knuckles, uh, Plug walks his way up. Grabs Knuckles by the quills, yeets him to the other side of the bridge, and Knuckles just rushes him. The Master Emerald is going to stay. You are going to fucking leave, buddy. Based. He said, off my island right fucking now. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. So now we got a little fight between the boys. Yeah, we got we got a little, little little bit of a fight. Little bit of a fight. Good issue. But we move on to Sonic Universe issue... <laughs> 69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Perfectly timed. Uh, for Okay, I have to talk about the fucking cover because it, it's literally uh, Eclipse on the Master Emerald. The bottom part of it is Knuckles, you had one job. <laughs> Bruh, damn. I mean, he literally did only have one job. One job. <laughs> yeah, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. So now we see Shadow and Knuckles are in their fight. Their allies are just watching. Shadow's insisting the Emerald's not safe with Eclipse here. But Knuckles hits back. Eclipse is your problem. You deal with him. Knuckles is about to get another hit in, but Shadow says, no, this is a waste of time. So he stops, warps toward the shrine, telling his team, get back to the shuttle. I'm about to get the Master Emerald away. But Relic physically gets in between Shadow and the Emerald, and he just angrily says, get out of my way. Rouge just says, Shadow, okay, look, relax. This is getting out of hand. Then Snively shouts at him, no, shut up. Ignore her. Do it. And our man's got a little little bit of a look in his eye when he's... When he, uh, hmm. Well, Knuckles uh, swipes right in, glides in, clocks Shadow in the head, takes him by the legs, spins him around, and throws him to Kingdom Come, gliding off, saying... Thanks, Relic. Be right back. Gotta go break a face. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in my notes that basic Knuckles pulled a Mario 64 on Shadow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So long, game Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> so Knuckles goes off and Relic says, wait, wait, wait. Don't leave me with them. And then uh, she looks with them. And then she tries to do this like combat stance. I've read about many forms of martial arts. Omega is just like. The tiny nerdy one thinks she can combat me. Logging this under. Hilarious. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Can you imagine? Blown the fuck out from every angle. Good lord. By the robot. Damn. Snively comments that she must be a loyal friend to the red buffoon. So look. Start moving the emerald while Knuckles is, uh, distracted. But Rouge refuses. Listen. We are gonna hold position until these two idiots get back. I respect Knuckles. He deserves a say. But Shadow is just as stubborn. But I think Eclipse is messing with his head. We see Shadow thrown all the way to the Azure Lake. He gets back up. And now the voice of Eclipse is speaking through his head. Mocking him that he's being trounced. Shadow's basically like, it's, shut the fuck up. You're just a voice in my head. You're not even here. Am I? 
Or am I just your subconscious realizing you're pathetic? So Shadow uh, gets back up, ready to fight Knuckles again. When they fight, Eclipse voice continues to mock him. I'm going to get the Master Emerald. Your precious world will burn. And all because you couldn't listen. Right as Knuckles flies in, Shadow's saying he will make this quick. Meanwhile, Eclipse has crawled back into his shuttle. He's digging into it, relieved to find the Dark Arms are still okay. Sorry I couldn't get the Master Emerald, and I'm sorry that like this we can't enact our revenge on Shadow. They actually do talk to him, saying that they want to fight in their, like, weird wisp dark arm language. Eclipse says, okay, I I remember about how I had to convince Black Death to keep some wisps to cultivate to become dark arms instead of just culling their world. But Eclipse said in the flashback, this can all be done later, but the power they give can increase our abilities tenfold. Now in the present, the Crimson Dark Arm flies through a concrete structure, and that convinces Eclipse that they are ready to fight, to be his weapons. So let the culling begin. Once they see daylight, they're ready to conquer, but first, a visit to Eclipse's dear brother. Oh, we're gonna tear you apart. The battle between Shadow and Knuckles continues. Shadow grabs Knuckles by the neck, refusing to let it end like this. You've already seen the Master Emerald stolen out from under you before. And destroyed. And both. I'm not letting it fail again. They can keep coming, keep trying, keep fighting, but I'm not going to lose. Wow, I I love the acknowledgement that it's happened so many times that he's uh he, he's kind of fucking over it. Just a little bit over it. Well, Knuckles kicks himself off Shadow. He's spinning into his face. Shadow impressed to see that he can do more than just punch, but Knuckles blocks a homing attack from Shadow, and then the two punch, locking fists in place. But the two are a little winded, and then Knuckles says, you know, for the so-called ultimate life form, Sonic put up more of a fight than you did. Owned. 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 (laughs) Owned. Fucking dead. Shadow's not happy about this. Starts breaking up the chaos control to fuck up Knuckles, and then Knuckles catches his fist mid-warp. Based. Based! So meanwhile, at the shrine, everyone is still waiting for Shadow and Knuckles, and Rouge has to double down when Snively questions her about this. But then in that moment, Eclipse shows up with his dark arms. Man, such divisiveness. I wonder if I'll glean that trait after I consume you. Then Eclipse calls the cube dark arm to him, taking its power fully on, as Omega begins shooting at him, and he gains a power armor, and he's unaffected by the bullets. Omega tries to go in for some CQC when the bullets don't work, but Eclipse just grabs Omega, rips his arm clean off, punches through Omega's chest, and then when he sees that his new power exceeds his armor thresholds, rips out his chaos core. Bro. (laughs) Wow. Oh, Uh, this man not having it anymore. And Omega quickly shuts down before he calls for backup. Rouge has to fly into the air, screaming for Relic and Fix-It to hide. Then Eclipse calls for his Crimson Dark Arm, switching out to Wing Power, which uh, transforms his arms into bird wings, and also shows that he's not capable of using two Dark Arm powers at the same time, much like the Wisps properly. So he flies in after Rouge. She's shocked to see Eclipse fly, but he mocks her saying that, honestly, I'm surprised you can fly with these stubby wings. And Rouge is just like, okay, I'm just gonna like knock your gross teeth in. Holy shit. She goes in for the dive kick. Eclipse dodges, dive kicks her. Rouge is knocked down, falls near Omega. Eclipse just says, you know, I'm honestly very happy. I could do this all day, but I gotta get this Master Emerald on, you know? So he uh, changes to Dark Arm Cyan Laser, and then his hand is turned into a laser arm cannon, points it at Relic. How did you get on the island? And then she says, um, I, I, I snuck onto Angel Island when it fell. 
which is cited as the events of Sonic Adventure. Or I think, oh, okay, that's pretty useless. And then Snidely says, how did you get here? Or I shoot the girl. And Snidely's just like, um, look, fucking do it. I don't give a shit, man. I don't, I want to see more of your rotations. And Relic is like, what? Huh? What? What the fuck, man? This this motherfucker, I swear to God, it's every fucking timeline. Every single one. And then Eclipse is just like, okay, you know what? The Masters actually were right. This this place is like fucking too far gone. You, it should be fucking cold. Jesus fucking Christ. Rouge then gets up, says, Eclipse, no, Eclipse, stop. We got here by troop transport. Launch base zone. I don't fucking know where that is. I'm gonna shoot. And then he's just like, no, okay, look. It's on the other side of the island, okay? Please. And then Relic is crying. She's on her knees saying, look, follow the river to the east, and then you'll find it there, okay? Just get out. Cliffs is like, okay. Got our ride. Info. Dark arms, boys, let's get the emerald. Let's get out of here, all right? Snively, though, tries to order him to stop, but Eclipse just shoots at the gun mech. You command nothing, lunchbox. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. Relic begs Rouge to do something. Right now, I'm like, I'm just trying not to black out from the pain, okay? Fixit says he can repair Omega, but only if he promises not to antagonize me any further. And Omega just weakly says, no promises. <laughs> so now, Rouge says Eclipse took us out like chumps. He'll be off the island before we can regroup, and the two guys who can do anything about it are busy being idiot hotheads. And of course, Knuckles and Shadow are still fighting in Azure Lake as what seems to be an earthquake hits them. They lose footing and get caught in a nearby waterfall. And that's the end of that issue. Incredible. Incredible. Our final issue today, Sonic Universe 70. Holy crap, 70? Jesus Christ. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. The waterfall carries Knuckles and Shadow into Marble Garden. Shadow gets to land first, and he actually helps Knuckles up as well. The boys are taking a breather from being soaked. And then they uh they just realize, oh wait, it's still supposed to be on site, and they get back to it. And then Knuckles just said, listen, the Master Emerald is to stay Shadow says, nope, that thing's going in a vault, buddy. But Shadow tells Knuckles, look, you really should have taken Rouge's offer and evacuated. But Knuckles says, my purpose here is to protect the Emerald. This island is my life. It's all I know. And then Shadow kind of just says, you know, you can find a new purpose. It's not easy, but it can be done. You know, take it from me, man. That's, little, that's interesting. Little, uh, interesting line. But Knuckles' retort, it doesn't need to be done. Now get off my island is, uh, you know, classic Knuckles. Yeah. He protects himself from Shadow about a rocket kick him in the face, but then they feel another tremor. Knuckles is like, oh, fuck. I know exactly what this is. The Master Emerald's been moved, and they knew it was Eclipse did it. So Knuckles is obviously angry with Shadow for distracting him, but just says, nope, shut up. Rouge, what's the problem? Fix it actually picks up the phone saying uh ruse you're being called for ma'am but uh asked omega can you like do me a favor and like pop my shoulder back into place he just says well all right but it's gonna hurt buddy you don't get to be squeamish just, just do it so then he grabs her body kind of like pops her shoulder back into place and uh relic is a little squeamish and she she kind of faints from the side of that so rouge pulls herself in okay all right shadow what do you want so shadow's wondering why has nobody been answering well, to start, Omega had to conserve power because Eclipse ripped out his chaos drive. Snively's telepod was blown up, and right now, I'm a second away from Barkvee. You want to know why? Because all this could have been avoided by talking it out instead of fighting like children. Now Eclipse has the Master Emerald, and we're all weakened. Good job, boys. Awesome job. 
Shadow, though, says, like, oh, you know, she, shit, she's right. And Knuckles, like, concurs. That's why it's so infuriating. But, like, yeah, dude, it wasn't your earpiece she was screaming in. She also tells him that Eclipse is about to head to the gun shuttle to escape the island. And he has four wisp-like creatures with him. There were at the launch base. Knuckles knows that much for sure. But there are shortcuts that can get us there directly to cut him off. But Shadow doesn't know how far ahead he is. Maybe it might be better to try to slow him down. This leads Relic to talk to Knuckles. You know, when I first got here, you told me to be mindful about the traps around the island. Couldn't we use them against Eclipse? And then Shadow asked. Like, Knuckles just goes, yeah, they've been here for a long time. I don't know who they were built by or, you know, they're supposed to be secret. That too. And tells Rouge, okay, cross the bridge into the mainland. There's a cave heading into a mountain. Go inside, follow the trail, look for a hidden alcove. That's right to the command hub. They follow Knuckles' instructions, and they find this control center. Relic's actually really elated to see this, and she comments that this may even predate the Echidna civilization. So, Rouge thinks, can we work it? Oh, no. I'm bad with computers. <laughs> Modern or ancient. Well, Rouge just says, okay, well, I'm a quick study, and she looks it up, works the command orb in the center, and works out a Candace system. Eclipse is currently in Sandopolis. Nelka says, okay, perfect. It's not easy to traverse there, so Shadow says they're on their way to intercept Eclipse. Knuckles wonders, though, after we deal with Eclipse, am I going to have to continue fighting Shadow? We move on. Rouge still works with the traps. Uh, Not sure if she's doing it right. Relic comments, this may be the work of the trolls of the second great civilization. You know, they used to use crystalline. Can you shut up? Uh, Do you mind? No, no, no. Keep going. Like, what's, what's the second great civilization? Trolls, you say? Tell me more. What's up? I like lore. Yeah, I, I, I like lore. A little bit of lore never hurt anyone. Yeah. In Sandopolis, uh, sand pillars are made and get Eclipse's way. He cuts them down pretty quick as his dark arms start to complain about the Master Emerald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's heavy. It's hot. But we need this thing if we want to devour the world. Let's move it. Double chop. We have actually a quick montage of Eclipse along with Shadow and Knuckles making their way through the island. Eclipse is fighting the Sandopolis Golem. Uh, Knuckles pushes a barrel for Shadow through Carnival Night, and Eclipse falls for a trap door in Angel Island Zone. Knuckles leading Shadow through a hidden passageway through the Ice Cap Mountains, and um, there's actually like a little scene of Shadow looks to his right and sees that there's a prison cage in this cave. No question to that, they're just moving on. What is, wow. What's up with that? Why was that there? You know what? Yeah. I, what? What? What did? What did he mean by this? <laughs> Eclipse is fighting the upward drafts as he's going through Mushroom Hill, and then Shadow and Knuckles are on the other side of the mountain, overlooking Launch Base. And Eclipse and the Dark Arms eventually make it. He's like just huffing and wheezing. Man, I can't wait to sink this island when I get the chance. And then he sees the gun shuttle. It's got to be it. We're almost home free. And he tells the Dark Arms that we're there, as he has to quickly dodge a Chaos Sphere. Shadow and Knuckles rush to engage. Eclipse tells the Dark Arms, hurry, get to the shuttle. I'll teleport the prize there. And then Shadow does the same to intercept Eclipse, swatting at him as he teleports out of his range. Knuckles gets in another hit. Knuckles is uh, very happy and ready to pound Eclipse's face into the dirt as he calls for one of his Dark Arms. Any of them. Just, just please give me some kind of power. Crimson Dark Arm comes to him, gets wings, which he claps Knuckles' head. And uh, he's dazed. He lifts off. But Shadow is still able to get one good homing attack in on him. Eclipse is cycling through dark arm powers, but Shadow is holding him off. Knuckles is reeling as he realizes that he was worn down fighting Shadow, but then looks at the Master Emerald, and he realizes, I can't let Eclipse have this. 
and power his freaky monster babies. But if we win, Shadow's going to try to take it anyway. I've been at a crossroad this whole time, and there is only one thing I can do to stop both of them. Eclipse, he and his dark arms have been towered out from the fighting. Shadow tries to talk him down, surrender, but then they overhear Knuckles, and he's chanting, The servers are the seven chaos. Chaos is power, enriched by the heart. You are in danger. I have to send you away. I will find you, and unify you once again. And then Knuckles balls his fist, powered up with chaos energy, and screams and shatters the Master Emerald as the pieces fly off in every direction. Eclipse was really shocked to see Knuckles do that, and Shadow thinks, wait, was was that Chaos Control? I am pretty sure that is also another reference to SA2. Yeah, I'm yes, definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because of that, Knuckles decides to go in for another hit on Eclipse, pissed that he was forced to do the one thing he swore never to do again. And now Eclipse is on the floor. He's really not looking good. But then his magenta dark arm gets onto him, begging, no, not to. They're going to kill us both. But it merges with him and transforms his arm into a sonic cannon, blasts Shadow and Knuckles away, knocking them down. This dark arm is exhausted as well. So now Eclipse grabs everyone and he hobbles onto the shuttle and he takes off as Knuckles and Shadow recover from the hit. Time passes. The next day, another gun shuttle arrives. Snively physically arrives there to oversee the extraction of Eclipse's ruined shuttle, telling the boys, all right, be careful. I want this tech as intact as possible. Team Dark and Knuckles arrive to the scene. Team Dark's ready to go home as Snively, you know, he welcomes Knuckles as well. I was expecting the Guardian would come oversee our work. Knuckles says, yeah, shut up and hurry up with the trash. And then Knuckles kind of like takes a good look and realizes, hey, wait a minute. I know you! You're that little motherfucker working with Dr. Eggman! And he's like remembering the events of Sonic 3 and Knuckles. You tried to steal the Master Emerald back then too! Okay, explain. I'm a little confused by this. So this is something that's actually going to be shown later, but I'll say that Snively was actually the one piloting Egg Robo. Oh, that makes a lot. Okay, yes, that's good. I like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll get into more detail about that in the future. So then Knuckles screams at him, you keep the alien junk, but you need to get the fuck out of my sight. As Snively is then released from his grasp and just runs to get back to salvaging. Now Knuckles goes back to Rouge. You know, you keep really questionable company, but she says it comes with the territory. And hey, by the way, good job with the Master Emerald. We're all going to be distracted while you look for the pieces around the world. And hey, while it's shattered, with the state of the world, the island's going to stay afloat. But Knuckles says he really, really wishes it didn't come to that. Bruce takes her leave and Knuckles says, hey, can you do me a favor and just tell Shadow he's a jerk? And she loudly laughs. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. Then Relic comes to him. Everything is sorted, and Knuckles tells her the gunship can probably take you home, but she says, no, I don't wanna. I promise you I'm staying to look after the island, and I'm gonna do just that. Fix it, it'll stay too. So Knuckles just thanks them for standing by, but now I'm kind of at a race against time. Sonic and the Freedom Fighters are working to restore the world, and now I gotta search for the Master Emerald pieces before the island falls. Before he leaves, he says he's gonna grab Chip and the Chaos Emerald and look for Sonic first. Relic will stay behind to watch the island. You think Sonic will be an easy find, though? <laughs> easy? That dude's a trouble magnet. Come on. And then we end on the gunship that Eclipse stole. He's crash-landed into a forest and says he's ready for revenge. That's the end of issue 70. 
That's the end of the story arc. And that's the end of the Dark Trilogy, too. That was really fun. That was a really fun little saga that was planned out. Yeah, it was well made, well told. I, I, again, you know, sometimes you don't got a lot to say because the quality speaks for itself. It's just well paced. I was in, I was invested. It was really good. Yeah, and like I said before, we don't really get to see Shadow and Knuckles interact that often. So it's fun to have these two characters kind of like butt heads, especially when they're very similar in a lot of ways. They're both kind of like supposed to be like the the rival character to Sonic. So it, it's just a fun dynamic. It is. It's a good time. That's the end of this episode, folks. Real fun time. I'm very glad that we had all those like little introspective bits about Sonic and the Werehog form. And just the, the, the universe arc was just good, clean fun. I feel like that this arc kind of retroactively made that like Shadow the Hedgehog 2 arc a little bit better for me because this payoff was pretty good. But you know, Shadow, um, we've talked about Shadow uh, enough. You know, you yeah, know. let's you leave know. it alone. Let's leave it alone. That's the end of this episode though. But before we go gotta give an important shout out we got a new patron to thank first wow we gotta thank our man martin coming in hot at 15 dollars a month thank you so much man what a what a fucking gamer congrats welcome welcome to the fam i hope you enjoy our beautiful faces uh and all the all the weird facial tics i make during these recordings (laughs) hey look sometimes these this comic can be a little weird so you know sometimes our faces kind of speak for themselves <laughs> either way we're, we're glad to have you man 15 dollars a month what uh martin is getting is a video version of the podcast in addition to the pre-show and getting the episodes early which five dollars a month and two dollars a month respectively get as well so head on down to patreon.com slash sonic speed join us get the episodes early and enjoy the content i it's really worth your while, I promise. We will see you guys next time on the Archie Sonic Digest for what is, in my opinion, the f- most fun arc in Archie Sonic. I swear to God, you guys are going to love it. See you next time.